0: What is going on, everyone? Happy Monday, we got the gun fingers going over here. I'm Claudia Belafato, he is Joe Fan. This is episode 37 of bet to win Joe, four walk-off wins this weekend. We literally couldn't have asked for better football.
1: Yeah, we had a really down wildcard weekend and it set up perfectly for, we talked about the matchups, how we we all thought they were were the best four matches we could have gotten, and they all delivered, every single one, in varying fashions. Some ugly games that were close, arguably the greatest game of all time that went to overtime uh, on Sunday night with the uh, the Chiefs and the Bills. It, it was a remarkable weekend of football. It was a very sweaty weekend of football from a betting standpoint. Um, the best divisional round, maybe even outside of the divisional, the best weekend of football ever. I mean, it, it, like you said, four walk-off wins. You couldn't have asked for more. And uh, I'm excited to recap every game because there's a ton to discuss.
0: And what's crazy is all four decided by a combined 15 total points. No one saw that coming. We all knew it was going to be close. So we had these small spreads, but a combined 15 total points, average margin of victory, 3.8 points, the lowest average margin in playoff history. It was absolutely absurd. Um, so we a lot to follow up this is It was emotionally
1: weekend. exhausting.
0: I It was literally 6 p.m. and I was like, I'm going to bed. I I'm sat so down excited. and
1: then watched football. All weekend, from the time that game started on Saturday, what was it, one thirty Pacific time, until mm. the Sunday night game ended at seven, and 6, I 7. felt
0: more emotionally exhausted than like a full Sunday slate, a hundred percent. Those four games, yeah, yeah, it was, oh, it was great. Whether you won your bets or not, you have to admit that was some really great football, and we will get into them, of course. But before we do that, let's specifically talk about where we won, where we lost as we like to call it, victory laps and hold this L. And Joey, I'm going to let you go first because not only did you have the first round robin, which we broke down on the show last week, and you did well with it, um, but you had a good weekend overall. So tell us it all.
1: Yeah, this was probably my most profitable weekend I've ever had as a sports better, which was pretty cool. Um, I took the winnings from wildcard weekend and I said, I like these underdogs and I'm going to be more aggressive than I normally would. The round robin is certainly, it's a lottery ticket. But when you like a lot of plus money plays, um, it's a fun way to go about it. And I didn't just do the full game money line. I did the first half money line round robin as well. So there's two separate round robins. Both of them are 11 different parlays. Keeping track of it all was sort of mind numbing um, and exhausting. The first half, marginally profitable, very little. It went two or two one and one. The Bills push at the end was huge just to get some money back. So small win there. The the money line round robin for the full game was huge. Win the first three legs, I was able to get a nice hedge on the Chiefs game. I actually, when the Bills scored that first touchdown, I put down a, a decent hedge on the Chiefs money line. But the second the Chiefs got the ball and went down and scored, I was like, I should have put more on it. That wasn't a big, because I, Again, I'm not a let it ride kind of guy. I, I want a winning weekend, and the way that if the Bills would have won, the, the payout would have been so big. I wanted to make sure if they lost, I was still really happy with how things turned out, and I I would have been here. I mean, as I'm like using my hands to describe, you know, I it would have been fine. It would have been a winning weekend, but it would not have been epic. Um, and then when the Bills converted that fourth and thirteen, that touchdown to take their first lead of the last two minutes. Um, I was sprinted to my phone to put down another big hedge. And so the difference of the bills and and chiefs winning at that point, a couple hundred bucks bummed because hitting a a round Robin would have been just an epic A run with four dogs would have been really an an epic claim to fame for the Twitter clout. Uh, But it was a lot of fun. And then of course my my best bet of the weekend, um, the four leg six point teaser with the Bengals uh, Niners Rams and bills all cashed. That was my winning pick of the week last Thursday. So, Oh, all, it was a really fun weekend. It was an exhausting weekend. I have a lot of sweaty t-shirts that I need to wash. I mean, it was relentless. And even, you know, the Rams game felt like an easy winner. And then, of course, it wasn't. And so nothing came easy this weekend. It was hard earned, but it was a ton of fun. um, And I enjoyed every second. Joey. Most, most seconds.
0: Joey, not your average Joe. Moneybags over here. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And, and we will break down all of these games, of course, in just a few minutes. Um, but I think the one thing we all learned is that the game is not over until that clock reaches 0 because there's way too many talented quarterbacks and offenses in this league uh, to get the job done with limited amount of time. So I had a few wins. I'll do my losses last. Uh, I had Allen over 49 and a half rushing, which... And we'll talk about Josh Allen, just how incredible he has been specifically in these past two games in the postseason. Um, Over 49 and a half rushing that cash. I had Brady over 26 and a half completions, which again, I'll talk about later, was a little bit of a sweat because in that first half, I was like, all right. And I was debating between Stafford attempts and Brady completions. Of course, Stafford goes out there, not only attempts, but completes pretty much every pass he wanted to. Opposite case for Brady. But it ended up hitting, so I was all good with that. Uh, Bet with Claudia, if you guys have not been checking that out on the app, you should because it cashed this week. We've had a few good caches uh, this season. Plus 400, I had Rams plus eight and a half. Both teams' first quarter over half a point. Stafford 240 plus and Brady 275 plus passing yards. Some random easily should cash teams first quarter over half like weird, right? Well, this is all part of the build your own bet. And that's what makes build your own bet so fun because you can go through and make these cool selections and see the odds get better with each one. Um, So when that first quarter cashed, I was like, sweet. And then the Rams were looking good. I was like eight and a half is going to cash. And then the game script went perfectly for both Stafford and Brady. So if you guys haven't checked out build your own bet, definitely do that. And also bet with Claudia because it's fun. Uh, My loss, Bills, I had seven and a half. Rams, eight and a half. And Packers, down to a pick in a three-team teaser. Of course, that ended with the damn (laughs) Packers. Not much more to say there. Well, there is. Oh, there's plenty uh, to say. There's there's plenty, but not much I can say. I'm not going to defend it right now. Um, So that was my loss. But I had some wins to go along with it. So we finished the weekend quite all right. Now let's get into it, Joe, because there is so much with every single game all down to the wire. We'll start with the Bengals, who were getting three and a half, pushed to four before kickoff to get their first playoff road win in franchise history, beating the Titans, where we're getting a ton of money all week and before the game, like we saw that go to four. A walk-off field goal from Money Mack, Evan McPherson, the total score, 19, the final score, I should say, 19 to 16. It was not an easy path. After taking the lead in the first half, Titans had scored 10 straight points in the second half to tie the score. Interception from Tannehill in the final minute gave the ball back to the Bengals, and that's when Money Mac did his thing. So, Joe, they won this game despite all of that, despite Joe Burrow being pressured the whole entire game, getting sacked nine times, throwing zero touchdowns. He did still go 28 of 37, 348 yards certainly would not have won that game without him. But I think the bottom line and the one thing I was very focused on was, as we know, Barron his weapons are great. The defense came in clutch, good coaching. Money Mac, as we know, the kicker, definitely clutch. The glaring issue was the O-line and I don't know how many games you can win even with the rest of the offense being so good if that O-line shows up the way that it did.
1: Nine sacks allowed and still winning a football game. And that was what made me nervous going into this game. I'd already bet the Bengals. But the the more I thought about it, you just think the Titans are a a damn good football team and they're getting healthy. That defensive line is one of the best in football. Really an unsung unit in the game of football is kind of lost in the shuffle. Jeffrey Simmons, uh, Harold Landry, Nico Autry, those guys are absolute ballers. And they dominated the entire game. You look at, I would say, three of these games and say no matter which side you were on whether you're a fan or a better you're saying i was on the right side i mean there's no way any titans fans are waking up this monday morning and saying well we just weren't the better team we should we shouldn't have won we you know they had every opportunity that you, can't, you know if you were like taking a you know betting odds live during that game it's either titans win or it goes to overtime the fact that bengal's were able to win in in regulation is such a, a catastrophic meltdown. And it wasn't even the, the biggest meltdown of the weekend. Um, Ryan Tannehill, a little bit of unluck, uh, or bad luck with um, unluck. That was dumb. A little bit of bad luck with tip passes not going his way. He he did make a clutch throw. That's t- the 41 yard to AJ Brown. AJ Brown was dominant. Derrick Henry was not. Um, the fourth down stop was huge. Uh you know, I think Mike Vrabel made some some mistakes, whether it's kicking field goals instead of going forward on fourth down. Don't know if I loved the play call on third and fourth down of that sequence. I felt very, very lucky when the Bengals won this game um, because it was just been... Even in the beginning, you know, Titans were dropping passes. Um, you know, the, the first play of the game goes is a turnover. Again, the nine sacks allowed. A nutty game wasn't a very pretty game. I mean, you can, either the Saturday games, neither of them were. Um, but it's hard to look at that Bengals game and say, yeah, they're going to compete with the Chiefs, even though they already beat them once. I don't know. It was crazy.
0: And I was the same way heading into that game, and I don't know if you guys heard on the show. I said, I want to tease the Bengals. I do lean the Bengals. I was worried about their injuries on the D-line. I was worried about their O-line in general up against the Titans D-line. All things that did turn out to be issues, but they still pulled
1: out. Evan McPherson... Walking onto the field, looking at Joe Burrow and saying, Well, I guess we're going to the AFC Championship game before kicking, not a 30 yarder, not chip shot, a 52 yarder. That would have been good from about 85 yards. Oh, blasted bad. through the middle of the uprights. What a stud. I mean, how often do we see kickers choke in big moments and teams, you know, Super Bowl dreams collapse because a kicker can't make a, a rudimentary field goal? I mean, let alone a 52 yarder uh, as time expired. He's good from 38, 45. 54, and 52. And none of them were left anything to doubt. I mean, they were all right, blasted right down the middle. Uh, Super impressive. It's crazy that both teams that won on Saturday collectively scored one offensive touchdown.
0: Clutch Money Mac, oh show. So that ends the Bengals' 33-year drought. They'll head to the first AFC championship since 1988. And we will talk about which side we're leaning uh, as they face the Chiefs. A little bit later on but let's get to the Niners next they were late they were getting five and a half six right before kickoff shocked the world and Packers betters handed the Packers their first home loss 13 10 was the final score again with a time expired game-winning field goal from Robbie Gold this time Niners did this without scoring an offensive or defensive touchdown Packers held them scoreless in the first half Packers led nearly the entire game, even though they managed just a field goal in the final 55 minutes. But then, of course, Joe, right? The Packers special teams blocked field goal. Long kickoff return allowed. block punt for a touchdown. All leading to a 13-point swing for the Niners. And then, of course, which ended in that game-winning kick. And I want to talk about Rodgers and I want to talk about Jimmy G and get into this game. But you and I have talked about Packers special teams. Let's I just want to hear your reaction.
1: Yeah, no, I mentioned it on on Thursday, saying that that could be a wild card of this game. Both these teams are really poor on special teams, and Green Bay made the catastrophic mistakes. This game was, I'm going to say this over and over again, it was so wild because, I mean, the Niners were an infuriating team to watch because I had Niners' money line. You know, you're hoping that that can come home. Obviously, at one point when they're down 7-0, then 10-3, in the second half, they are just one score away from losing the teaser as well. So I wasn't feeling great about it. And every time the Niners had an opportunity, they stubbed their toe. They're going in. Or you have the George Kittle drop. George Kittle drop in the first half. That could have been a touchdown, but at least, you know, you're in the red zone, kicking a field goal there. You're on the board. That drop was, was brutal. Then you get at the end of the first half where, uh, they're now inside the 10, brutal offensive holding penalty on Trent Williams. And then this, I was at a buddy's house watching this, and he had some more friends over, and I, I just say to the group, do not throw an interception. And, of course, the very next play, Jimmy throws a back-breaking interception, which, for me, I, I always stared. I had first half, Niner's money line as well, so I'm looking at a push. I'm fired up about that. Just go score. Then it's like, all right, I'll take the three, keep you in the game. Teaser looks better. Moneyline's still in play. They get nothing. And then all of a sudden, the Packers almost score because they forgot to cover Aaron Jones deep after taking the timeout. The, the roller coaster of all these games was so immense. And then, you know, it, it's 10-3 and the blocked punt was outrageous. It's, it's up in the air for about 35 seconds. No one knows where it is. Comes down, takes a candy hop into Hufanga's arms, who runs it in for six yards and the touchdown. It, Debo Samuel, the third and seven run. They run an inside trap play. And He goes and gets it. Hey, madness! Aaron Rodgers is missing guys wide open downfield. When I when I feel upset that the, the Bills ended the the round robin, I come back to these games and I feel very lucky. You're
0: that, like that well, those legs got home. Yeah. yeah,
1: it's a glass yeah. half full type situation. As a Packers better, this must have been infuriating for you because you must have felt in control the entire time,
0: 100%. and all you needed was a win. A hundred percent. And everything I said, too, which is why, like, my concerns about the Niners, so many people, and, you know, we'll talk about this, but there's so many people on the Niners heading into this next game. I don't know how much success you're expecting to have with Jimmy G. Like, all, all respect to the guy. Of course, he's an NFL quarterback, but it's almost guaranteed. I, I'm always playing the uh, interception over an interception in a game because it usually hits. He completed just 11 passes on 19 attempts, just 131 yards. To so have that, which I was expecting going into this game against Aaron Rodgers. And yes, I did feel fine throughout the game, but he didn't come up big. Uh, you know, it, it wasn't him.
1: If Brandon Staley can spend one year coaching Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey in that Rams defense that has far more star power than this Niners defense, then go get a head coaching gig for one year, defensive coordinator. D'Amico Ryans should absolutely be getting interviews and potentially be getting hired. This guy's only been a a football coach for like two, three years. And he replaces Robert Sala, who's now with the Jets, obviously. And amid injuries, a lack of talent in the secondary to a certain degree. He's leading this team, holding the Packers to 10 points. And after that first drive, 10 plays, 69 yards, quick touchdown for the Packers. You're thinking, oh boy, it's going to be a long game. And they allowed three points the rest of the way. Remarkable, really. I mean, what what the Niners defense did in that game was absolutely incredible. Also, Fred Warner played in that game after I thought he was like dead on the field in, in Dallas. Pulled a Paul Pierce on all of us. Took the wheelchair off, came right back and helped him win a football game in the postseason. Craziness. Uh, but yeah, my Niners Super Bowl ticket's still alive. I've got Niners Crazy. Super Bowl ticket and a Bengals Super Bowl ticket. There's no way the Bengals beat the Chiefs again. But never, Super-
0: never I know. say. I can't never, jump off the bandwagon Joe. now.
1: I've been been riding the Bengals for a while, but uh, yeah, they, that was a, a ridiculous Saturday of, of close, ugly games that went down to the wire.
0: Before we get to Rams, Rogers, of course, the question uh-huh. they ask him once the game ends, are you retiring? It's like he just came out of this game Took five sacks under pressure on thirty-eight percent of his dropbacks. They lost, of course. He's all pissed off. I'm surprised he it was a more of an angry reaction, but he was sort of just like, "Yeah, it's something I'll think about." What do you think? Is is he out? Where is he going?
1: I think he's going to stay in Green Bay. I don't think you he do. Does. Yeah, oh, I do. Okay, but once,
0: once wants to get a win and then and then I'll dip. Maybe I,
1: it's so embarrassing for Green Bay. I mean, you're thirteen and three, three years in a row, one seed this year. You're at home. The Niners have been on this. Ridiculous. They were down 17 nothing in week 18. You know, if not for the Rams collapsing in an epic comeback, they're not even in the playoffs. Now they're in an NFC championship game against the Rams, a little rematch. Um, But yeah, it's very shameful for the Packers this game and Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he's going to win the most like inconsequential MVP award in NFL history. And even if it's Brady, same thing. I know we're going to get to that game in a second, but both those guys losing in in the divisional round, they're going to go win that award and it's just gonna be a big shrug of like you're almost taking it sheepishly, like you never apologize for winning MVP, and he deserves it for what he did in the regular season. And That's mm. a regular season award, but it certainly feels pretty hollow. Isn't getting not in the first round, he's now zero and four in the playoffs against the Niners in his career. That's it crazy, is so crazy. All the talk of Alex Smith being taken over Aaron Rodgers in that draft, and the Niners have dominated Aaron Rodgers in the postseason.
0: Niners have a few people's numbers. That's interesting. We'll see.
1: Uh, One of which you, being the Rams.
0: You, yeah, that's what I'm saying. And yeah. we'll we'll talk about that. But let's next talk Brady because this game was definitely a heartbreaker as well. Rams were getting two and a half, another dog that wins on a game-winning field goal despite losing a 24-point lead. And I don't even really think we should say that. I think we should say Tom Brady and the Bucks were unable to win after cutting a 24-point deficit. So they did all of that really for nothing. Either way, first half for Brady, I mentioned it earlier, not pretty for him or my completions prop. He had 24 incompletions in total on the game, the bulk of that in the first half. I do want to talk about Stafford because he deserves it, but I want to get your game reaction, Joe, because this really came down to the 27 seconds, no timeouts, tied up, bug splits, Cooper Cup gets wide open, and anyone watching this is like, what the hell is going on? But I feel like we've had a few of these scenarios this season with several different teams. But this was maybe one of the biggest, what is going on?
1: Anytime you bet on the Rams, you're just waiting for the Cooper Cup wide open play. <laughs> yeah. And we got it a couple of times. The 70-yard touchdown pass in the second quarter, like with third and 20, something ridiculous. Wide open up the right sideline on busted coverage. And then, yeah, at the very end, you're letting him get over the top of you. Unacceptable from a Bucks defense standpoint. Epic from Cooper Cup. I mean, he's just a baller and he atoned for the fumble not that he really had to atone for anything he's been carrying this team all year I would I would argue that in the four games three of them you could be on either side and say you felt like you were on the right side this is the one game and this is the one game I think I am maybe most proud of I don't know if that's the right word but to me the Rams were the right side and I, this is the game I felt most confident in of the four and it of course played out that way it's 27 to three and you give Credit to Tom Brady and the Bucs for coming back and not giving up and the defense for fighting and and making it close. But let's not pretend the Rams didn't puke all over themselves. They fumbled the ball four times. Cam Akers, at the end of the first half, even just getting three there, fumbles football. And at the very end of the game, less than three minutes to go, he's almost got the first down. So if he gets the first down, game's over anyways. But even if you don't, you just run those plays, run the clock, two-minute warning goes through. Punt the ball away, then Brady has to drive the entire field with no timeouts. It's Tom Brady. Not going to say it couldn't happen, but that's different than still having a two minute warning at your disposal and having to go 27 yards. At that point, the clock's not a factor because you're able to move quickly enough, use whatever. So, it was infuriating to watch this game from a standpoint of, I guess that the one bright side is I got a hedge in at bucks plus seven and a half. So at least the sweat was profitable for me because I found the middle, but you're just thinking if the Rams lose this game, it will be an all timer. And you see Sean McVay on the sideline, just looking sick to his stomach and at 27 to three, one point off of 28 to three. And we know Tom Brady's done that before. And he, he did it again. He erased the deficit. Uh, I don't know. I, I th- I'm so thankful the Rams won this game because that would have been really hard to take.
0: But you're right. It, it, it was the right side. And that's what I said to you. I mean, I had them in a teaser. I felt lucky to be getting eight and a half with them. This is the issue with Tom Brady and everyone's been talking about it. There's a part of you that even if all of the numbers are there and everything makes sense and you see the edge with the Rams, it's like, yeah, but it's Tom Brady. Correct. Yeah, but he can do it even if he doesn't have all of his weapons, even if his defense isn't playing their best, even if they are still missing guys in secondary. It's like, but it's Tom Brady. And I think a part of me was like, that's why we want to tease the Rams and not just take them. But within the first few drives, I immediately regretted not just playing the Rams regularly against the spread. Because you're right, they they were the better team. Matthew Stafford should get his flowers. 28 of 38, 366 yards, two touchdowns. Everything looked very easy, very clean from him, specifically in the first half, I should say. Cooper Cup, huge. Aaron Donald. When I look at this team, I'm wondering why maybe I didn't think this highly of them throughout the season, because they really do have all of the pieces. And now that we've narrowed down these few teams, you look at each one and it's like, okay, do they have the quarterback? Do they have those guys, the weapons? Do they have the defense, this pass rush? Matthew Stafford's looking good. The coaching. Good. Cooper Cup, yeah. the coaching. It's like, are the Rams the team to beat? Like, I didn't even see this coming.
1: Yeah, I, I think everyone knew it was possible because their roster is loaded, but they stubbed their toes so many times. And at so many points, they looked so bad. But I think a lot of that can be attributed to Matthew Stafford turning the ball over and spotting the other team points. He led the league in interceptions and pick sixes. So you're going to have a hard time beating anyone when you're spotting the other team touchdowns. And that's why I looked at, at those plays and said, it all depends on how you look at Matthew Stafford. I'm more of a Matthew Stafford apologist than most. I think he's really good. And so, yes, the turnovers are egregious. But can they be cleaned up? I think so. That's different than when, I, when I was, we were talking about the Cardinals game. The Cardinals offense, passing game in particular, looks broken. It's out of sorts. Nothing's in rhythm. The Rams, even when Matthew Stafford's turning the ball over, the numbers are still immense. The, the efficiency is still there. It's just that they had the backbreaking mistakes that make it, you put, they put you in a hole and they're hard to come back from. Um, I mean, they're, they're, they've lost six straight games to the Niners and they're three and a half point favorites for a reason. So the respect is there. Um, and yeah, I think of, again, the four games, they were the one clear cut right side based on how this game played out. And then, of course, they made it far closer than it needed to be. And Tom Brady, you're right. I mean, the second you open the door, yeah, there's no, I'm not sitting on that couch thinking, it's okay. The Rams will get a stop. No, Tom Brady's going to score. And this game's going to go to overtime. Thankfully, it didn't. It Crazy.
0: The bloody lip game. The one... Yeah,
1: Tom, potty mouth. Getting right? A, getting in an unsportsmanlike <laughs> conduct penalty. But
0: was that even? I was kind of quite... I, it, I mean, compared to what I've seen a lot of players talk to... The way that they talk to refs, regardless of what Tom said, it's like this. he did just get his lip bleeding. I think it was more of, hey, my lip's bleeding. What the hell? He
1: had a case that he made. He probably... He probably motherf him a little bit. I'm sure. Yeah,
0: he does love that motherf. <laughs>
1: yeah, especially for if Tom's getting flagged for it. like Tom's got the longest leash of anybody in football. Yeah, yeah. If if that if they're throwing the flag on Tom, he, he probably said
0: something. Yeah, that's so, what I said. I was like, this but is he hit a case. wild he But
1: it was a like, hit. It was a hit to the face. He's got the bloody lip to prove it.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, well, as you mentioned, that game was uh, definitely felt like one of the more comfortable sides if you were on the Rams. The Chiefs Bills though was not not an easy game going into it. Not an easy game watching it. So much back and forth. So much great football. It really was an awesome one to watch. Chiefs were laying one and a half. Beat the Bills in overtime, 42-36. And that is the perfect time to say our secret word is overtime. DM that word to the WinBet Twitter account. Include your email and WinBet username for a $25 free bet. Terms and conditions apply. Overtime. Overtime! Ooh, that was good timing. That was cool. (laughs) Uh, We had over at Wimbet, we had
1: 70%
0: 70 of the Wimbet ATS handle on the Chiefs. Lots of people on the Chiefs, I think before the game, at least just kind of looking on Twitter, a lot of people started putting money on the Bills. This was a really tough game to predict. We knew that the Bills were coming into this with, with the number one defense. We know what Patrick Mahomes is capable of. Chiefs, had the edge on offense, I would say, in my opinion, with the weapons that Mahomes has. Either way, ridiculous game. 25 combined points in the final one minute and 54 seconds. Josh Allen had a huge fourth down touchdown pass in a lead with 154 left. Then Mahomes hits Tyreek Hill for a crazy 64-yard touchdown with 102 left. Then Allen hit Davis for another score, Gabriel Davis, huge game, with 13 seconds left. And at that point, you're sitting there, and I—I I had Bill's money line. I played him last minute, even though I had the Chiefs going to the Super Bowl. I'm just all over the place. It was—it it was a hard thing. I have a lot of—I have a lot of Buffalo fan friends, but I also really do love this Bills team, and I think Josh Allen is great, and I think the defense is great. Anyways, 13 seconds left, and I'm sitting there like I just know this is way too much damn time with two timeouts, especially for Patrick Mahomes. Of course, he gets the Chiefs into field goal range and Harrison Butker hits the 49-yarder to send it into overtime. Overtime, again, the key word, but overtime. Every time I'm watching an NFL game and it gets to overtime, I almost just want to turn the TV off because whoever wins the coin toss is going to win the game. And if you're on Twitter, you saw everyone complaining about it. They complain about it each time. I'm wondering if maybe this will be the game that sort of, gets the conversation going again. I know that it's already been in conversations years past um, with the Chiefs specifically, but I mean, that just pissed me off. If you watch the whole game, you see Josh Allen and the Bills fighting this whole game, fighting this whole season. Josh Allen in the postseason alone, 637 passing yards, 134 rushing, nine touchdowns, zero interceptions. And it all comes down to the call, not calling heads, basically. They're yeah. not calling tails.
1: Yeah, I think this is, this discourse is interesting because, you know, will defense matters. Get a stop. Well, how about both teams get a stop? Right. Um, I agree with you 100%. I do think the NFL ru- overtime rules are broken, at, at least in uh, the postseason. Both teams have to get a shot at the football. Now, it can be both. It can be very embarrassing from a Bills defense standpoint. And also the NFL rules are broken. It's okay. It can be both.
0: Yes, thank you.
1: It is embarrassing the Bills allowed 40-plus yards in 13 seconds. It's shameful that they kicked that ball out of the end zone without a single second coming off the clock in the kick return. No squib kick, no, no, no pooch kick up to the five-yard line. Shameful. So there's a lot of different blame to go around, and you can't help but feel bad for Josh Allen. These are his numbers from the two playoff games. Nine touchdowns, no picks, 637 passing yards, 134 rushing yards, 10.2 yards per pass attempt, no turnovers, converted every fourth down, including all four uh, last night, only sacked twice, only four drives that ended in punts, and a go ahead touchdown on the road with 13 seconds left on the clock. And he went one and one and is out of the playoffs and not going to the NFC or AFC Championship game. It was a crazy game. I I mean, there's so much to point to. So many coaching blunders throughout this weekend. Andy Reid got really lucky that the Chiefs won this game because putting Blake Bell under center and getting cute with a toss to the right that got blown up and having to kick the field goal. You've got Patrick Mahomes on your football team. Put the ball in his hands for crying out loud. Don't get too cute when you have the best quarterback on the planet on your team. And you have the Bills trying to establish the run with Devin Singletary late. Leave the ball in Josh Allen's hands, please. I loved in the first drive they they went for four, went for it on fourth down twice with the thought of field goals are not going to be good enough against the Chiefs. But yet you saw a couple other instances of fourth and manageable, fourth and short, where they punted and the Chiefs promptly go down and score a touchdown. You're thinking, and I, I used to cover the Seahawks and know all about conservative decisions decisions on fourth down. And like the worst case scenario is what? They have good field position. They're probably going to score a touchdown anyways. So field position is sort of irrelevant at that point. And so frustrating when you when you punt from, from midfield and it takes them two plays to get back to midfield. You're thinking, just go for it. You have Josh Allen on your football team. Wild game. Again, arguably the best game I've ever watched in my entire life. I, it's a shame we didn't get to see Josh Allen get the football in overtime. Um... And obviously, from a Bills betting standpoint, I also had a small Bills Super Bowl ticket that I'm bummed is gone because at that point, I would have had three out of the four teams left in the in the championship round with a Super Bowl ticket, the Rams being the one I didn't. But it was a great game. I'm pumped that was the last one. Uh, I'm grateful I got a Chiefs hedge in. Thank God for hedges.
0: It's <laughs> like
1: insurance, you know? You don't need it till you do. You're
0: like the hedge king over here.
1: <laughs> I just would have been devastating going from a payout of like 2,500, three grand. I mean, not just to be transparent. It was a lottery ticket that would have hit. I 11 parlays of all underdogs. And then to win a couple hundred. I I just, I couldn't deal with that discrepancy. And so, yeah, I mean, I had to, I had to hedge big. (laughs) That's
0: smart betting. That's okay. um,
1: It was, uh, it was wild (laughs) weekend. It was
0: absolutely (laughs) wild. And I am feeling for you, Bills Mafia. I genuinely feel for you because that is a brutal way to end a season when I genuinely think, I think they could win the Super Bowl. I think that is a Super Bowl contender for sure.
1: The Bills? Yeah, for sure. Of course. I mean,
0: yeah, you had a Super Bowl ticket. So just just imagine, it's like I knew the Patriots weren't going. I just sprinkle a little Patriots Super Bowl ticket. They weren't going to go to the Super Bowl the Bills 100% could have won the Super Bowl and to see it end the way that it did. If and it I was sort of makes fan. you
1: understand like the disrespect that was thrown toward the Titans as the you know, the, the worst one seed the NFL has ever seen. Because you watch this game and you're thinking, who are the better teams? Oh. Now the Titans would argue, well, if our defense is out there, that's not happening. Which, who knows? <laughs> easy to say. Um, Patrick Mahomes, four years as a starting quarterback, four years in the AFC Championship game. And potentially, if not likely, a third straight Super Bowl coming. We shall see. Best best quarterback on the planet.
0: We will dig into this on Thursday, but let's just talk about some of the look-ahead lines for Championship Sunday. Early game AFC Championship. We got the Bengals at Chiefs. Chiefs are laying seven right now. Total of 53. Bengals won one week 17 matchup at home 34-31. Chiefs opened at four, closed three and a half in that matchup. The total opened at 48 and a half, closed at 51. So this time around, Chiefs laying seven, total of 53. I think I'm laying Bengals just with it. I'd probably wait for it to get to seven and a half if I could, but I stayed away from Bengals. This time around, as Joe and I mentioned, I was worried about the O-line. I was worried about the D-line injury report but it is enticing to get them with a touchdown just with how close these games have been and and how much faith I do have in this offense. Bottom line, I don't think that the O-line can play any worse than what we saw this past weekend, right? (laughs) I am worried that if Josh Allen couldn't get it done throwing almost 330 yards and four touchdowns, can Joe Burrow? I do think Joe Burrow has better weapons, but the Bengals don't necessarily have the Bills defense. So I really do want to lean Bengals here, especially with all of these points. I expect it to be a close one. This is not a final play, but these are sort of where my thoughts are, are heading in this game.
1: My initial thought is, is take Chiefs with the points. It's just hard to watch that game against the Bills on Sunday Night and think they can lose, especially after the Bengals really have struggled offensively against the Raiders and Titans. They've only scored a couple of offensive touchdowns. They've been you know they've been relying on their defense and Evan McPherson so much. that's not going to fly against the Chiefs. And you go back to that week 17 game. They held the Chiefs to three points in the second half. How likely is that to replicate? Joe Burrow threw for 446 and four touchdowns. That might be replicable. (laughs) Yeah. But, so yeah, seven's a lot of points. I'm not going to come out with an official play yet. I also do have uh, a small Bengals Super Bowl ticket. So, I might just let that ride and have that be my Bengals play and not double down on the spread. The hard part is it's, you know, you either the two-game slate, you can do a two-game teaser, I suppose, but... um,
0: I, I might. Yeah,
1: my gut says the Chiefs just feel so dominant right now that it's, it would be hard for me to bet against them.
0: I hear you. Except I will say when I didn't bet the Bengals and I was watching them and then they won, I really felt left out. Yeah, Sort I mean, of like in I the Bama it. Georgia you jumped, game. You jumped
1: off the bandwagon. <laughs> so but I didn't. Shame I, did, on you. I
0: didn't take a side, <laughs> people. There's a difference. It would have been jumping off the bandwagon if I was on the other side, but I wasn't. So shut up, Joe.
1: Sounds like the, someone the who jumped game. off the bandwagon. <laughs>
0: the late game… NFC Championship. Niners at Rams. Rams laying three and a half. Niners getting some early money. Some spots have already gone um, to three. Niners saw both meetings with the Rams. Week 10, the Rams were three and a half favorites. Uh, they won, The Niners won at home 31-10. Second meeting, they won 27-24 at SoFi. The Rams were three-point favorites there. What I saw against the Bucks what I saw with Stafford in the passing game, what the pass rush did to Tom Brady. I don't see how Jimmy G and the offense can keep up. (laughs) Jimmy G has had two touchdowns and six interceptions in the last four games. No touchdowns in the last two. I hold my breath every time he has the ball because I'm waiting for an interception. I will be on his interception prop wherever it is for this game. And that's, I mean, I already talked about this, how I just don't trust this offense enough to think that they can just keep winning games against great teams. Maybe it's possible. They technically have the Niners number here, like you said, uh, with their history. Sean McVay, 0-6 against Shanahan since 2019. Again, not an official play, but I, I said it. I can't wait I to fade it is, the Niners. I was going to say, I think it is an official I, I play because you were tweeting on
1: Sunday or Saturday. You can't wait till the, the, the championship round to fade the Niners.
0: But Claudia does have some change of thoughts as she looks at more numbers throughout the week and, and thinks on it. But yes, my initial thought is that what I saw from the Rams, I want to, and, and what I know of the Niners, I want to fade the Niners.
1: Yeah. I will probably be on the Niners here because I'm just going to continue to ride them. Um, Although, if it gets under three, then you have to change that thought process. Again, full transparency, my, my weekend is going to be more about trying to hedge the Super Bowl tickets than it is trying to make a ton more money. Um, so, looking at a, a live Rams money line around even money, put a couple hundred on that if I could. I just hope they're good games. It's just, it doesn't feel like it's possible that these games could live up to the hype that um, you know the divisional round set, but yeah. we can hope. We can hope. I, could, I wouldn't be surprised if either were blowouts, to be honest.
0: We shall see. Mm-hmm. WinBet's football parlay bonus to claim your reward. Win, lose, or push a parlay with four legs or more. You'll get $20 or greater on the WinBet app Thursday through Monday only. Receive a $10 free bet. Go to winbet.com or download the WinBet app for official rules and details. All right, Joe, winning picks. No football tonight. We've got a few games in the NBA, and that's where we're going to go. And I'll let you go first.
1: Yeah, I'm going to take a Suns-Bulls money line parlay. Uh, The Bulls is at plus 119. The Bulls got embarrassed uh, by the Magic on Sunday, but their stars are still playing outside of Zach Levine. I know he's a big piece, but Kobe White's a first-round pick. He's been playing all right. DeMar DeRozan's been balling. He put up a 40-burger on Sunday against the Magic. Um, The Thunder have been okay in terms of covering. But I do think the Bulls win this game. Um, and then the Suns, they're going up against the Jazz. They're without uh, Donovan Mitchell, who's still out with a concussion. Rudy Gobert playing in the second game of back-to-back. He was questionable going into Sunday's game. Also questionable going into Monday night's game. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't play. And the Suns have won six in a row, even without DeAndre Ayton. Uh, they're at home. So give me the two favorites there. in a money line parlay plus 119.
0: I like it. I'm going to go with the Bulls. You and I talked about this before the show. I was wondering why the Bulls were only laying two against the Thunder. I I know, of course, injuries with Lonzo Ball, Zach Levine, and Alex Caruso all out.
1: The Caruso is out here. The Caruso is out. I know.
0: Um, In terms of rest, too, which is something else you want to look at when you're questioning a spread, it is the third game in four days for both teams, so there's no really rest advantage there. Yes, not having Lonzo Ball and Zach Levine, huge. However, they still have DeMar DeRozan, who dropped 41 last night. Musevich, who has double-digit rebounds in five of the last six games. You mentioned Kobe White has played well in extended minutes. They still rank third in the East. They rank top 10 in several offensive categories, including points per game, offensive ranking, and number one in three-point percentage. And the reason I'm wondering why they're only laying two is they're facing one of the worst teams in the league. The Thunder are not only the worst scoring team, they're 1-10 in 10 in January, 4-21 against teams 500 and above. And their defense might be slightly better than the Bulls, but I don't think enough to justify the Bulls only laying a bucket. So I'm going to take the Bulls minus two full game, and then first half, they're only laying half a point uh, at minus 108. So I'm going to grab both of those. I dig it. You dig it? Oops. Cool.
1: We playing
0: basketball, and with that, we're playing basketball. We're gonna send you guys off. That is episode thirty. You're supposed to keep snapping. That was the whole idea.
1: We didn't talk about that. I, That's so, not how we rehearsed well, it? Well, I thought
0: the chemistry was just going today, and we all right, fine. That's episode thirty-seven. Everyone, thanks for tuning in. We will see you on Thursday.